Not so long ago, friends, I borrowed a trailer. My friend's trailer, it's a dual axle one, and I used it to haul 1.5 tonnes of rock up the Whitford Gorge in my trusty Honda Legend. Now, grinding up those hills, thank goodness it was in my car, not Kimberley's, because it would have never made it up there, I just understood how much carrying that extra weight was eating up my gas. I could almost see it going down as it was going up the hill. And here was my point as I thought about that. As I'm driving up that hill, I thought, the heavier the load, the more energy it takes. And today, we're going to look at this issue of how to lighten your load. Because some of you, I know, in your own lives, are on overload. Emotionally, some of you are on overload physically. Some of you are on overload relationally. With some of your kids, or financially. And all of these things load you down. I want to read you a letter that came to me some years ago. I still have a copy of it. It says, Dear Pastor, I can't remember the last time I felt refreshed and rested. My life has been overloaded for many years. There are way too many expectations on me, too many responsibilities. Too many activities and too many decisions to make. It all just seems like it has to be done immediately. And I often feel like I'm putting my finger in the dike, in the holes of the dam, but I don't have enough fingers to stop all the leaks. I'm tired of always rushing from one activity to the next. And even after a night's sleep, I still feel drained and fatigued. When I look around at my friends, I realize this, I'm not alone. Everybody that I know is overloaded. Nobody seems to have margin in their lives anymore. Everybody's trying to do so much. And what bothers me is I don't have time to do what's most important because every moment of my life seems to be packed. This is madness, she says. It can't be God's will for our lives. I really want to learn how to rest and relax in God's plan. This last sentence is what bothers me. Not just for my own health, but because I can see how my kids are learning the same crazy lifestyle. That last sentence reinforces why I wanna, I'm doing this series. Firstly, I want you to be healthy spiritually, above everything else. I want you to be healthy relationally. And if you're going too fast, you will not be healthy relationally. Because I've noticed that the velocity of our lives depends upon the velocity. It sounds like a physics lesson, but it's not. The faster we go, the shallower our relationships. And I'm doing this because I care for you because it has long-term impact as your pastor. But also the next generation when she said, not just for my own sake, but I can see how my kids are learning the same crazy lifestyle. See, kids are growing up overloaded and running on empty at a younger and younger age. Kids can't just be kids any longer. Now Jesus, some of you may not have seen this this way before. 
summarizes the secrets of managing the worries and the pressures and the loads that are going to come into your life. You're going to feel these. He summarizes how to handle this in three simple sentences. And we'll look at that for a start. Here's what he says. If you've got your Bibles, Matthew 11, 28. He says, Come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am gentle and I am humble in spirit and you will find rest for your souls. For the yoke that I will give you is easy and the load I will put on you is light. Now when you circle three words in that, um, that, that scripture, come, take and learn. And these three principles will change you from the inside if you apply them in your life. Today, if you want to lower the load and the pressure in your life, you want to reduce that, the first thing you absolutely need to do again is come to Jesus. Now in the Bible, I've noticed that people came to Jesus for many reasons. Some came for salvation. They wanted to know the way to eternal life. Some came for forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord. Some came for healing. Touch me and I will see clearly. Some came for eternal life. But did you notice Jesus says that you can come to me for rest? For rest. Because we are aliens in a foreign land. This is madness that's going on in our world. Maybe you've never thought that you can come to Jesus, because that's what he says here, for rest. He says, are you weary? Are, you being ch- are the cares of this world choking the living daylights of you, losing your joy, the worries that come in? He says, come to me, me, and I will give you deep rest for your soul. It's in me you will find peace. Now your problem is not overloaded muscles because you're exhausted from that. In fact, some of you need to overload your muscles a bit more (laughs) and get some physical exercise. But we're talking about much more. This is much deeper than just physical rest. It's that you're overloaded in your mind and you're overloaded in your spirit. Jesus observed that the people were like sheep without a shepherd. They were harassed. They were driven. And I see that parallel today. This is relevant for you. You're, you need soul rest far more than you need physical rest. You need release from worry. He says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Let the peace of God rule your heart and your mind. You need release from tension and stress and fear and anxiety. That one can eat you alive. This is soul rest. And he says, if you're worn out, if you're tired, you're overloaded, you need to come to me. I love this verse. Some of you have probably never read Jeremiah for a long time. Jeremiah 31 says this, verse 25. I didn't put on your outline. You may want to take it down. 31, 25. Listen to this. For I... 
satisfy the weary ones and refresh everyone who is languishing. You may not be there today, but you may know somebody who is needing rest, needing to be refreshed, and somebody who is languishing. It is in him. Now this is, for I, God, I am the one that satisfies. Now my question to you this morning is who or what are you looking to for refreshment when you're exhausted and overloaded? Now some of you in this room will call yourself a Christian. You say, yeah, I'm a Christian. But can I be very honest with you and ask you the question, when you are exhausted and overloaded, is your first choice to go to Jesus or do you turn to food when you're exhausted? Do you turn to, oh, I'm just going to chill out at the movies? Do you go on Facebook? Do you turn the TV on and prop up your feet? Or do you, like my dad did for many years, he couldn't handle that and he reached for something in the fridge. My other brother, he didn't do that. He went for something that he can buy at the pharmacy. And he reached for a pill. Friends, your answer is not in the pill or some potion or some program. Your answer is in a person. Jesus is the source of your rest. The Bible says this in Isaiah 40. He gives, look at this, power to those who are worn out. Anybody been there? I'm going to toss in the towel, man. I'm nuked. He offers strength to who? Those who are weak, the Bible says. Those who wait. Now, this is an interesting word, very countercultural in our world today. On the Lord, wait. On the Lord will find new strength. New. Not stuff that you already had. New. Additional. Incremental. He offers strength. How do you get it? He says, wait on the Lord. Now, the antidote for your overloaded soul, again, is not a plan for managing more things in the same amount of time to get more things done, to get more things off your checklist done. That is not the answer. It is not a philosophy on how to simplify your life, although that's helpful. It is not a pill. It is a person. Jesus, he says, come to me. The answer for your overload is a person. None of these other things can possibly give you soul rest. The best things like movies and distractions can do is anesthetize you for a brief moment and then you're straight back to square one. Dealing with the tough realities of this world. Remember, this is not your home. So what you really need when you're exhausted emotionally and spiritually and mentally is exactly the opposite of what the world teaches. Because the world says when you're stuffed and tired just and you're empty inside, fill it up with more stuff. Take a vacation to Fiji. Not a bad idea, but the problem is you take you to Fiji. And the moment you come back, you're back to square one again. It doesn't solve it. If I could just have more, then I'll be at rest. Then I'll be at peace. Or the world says, if I could just be more, or be thought of to be more, then I'll be at rest and at peace. It's a matter of come to me. Not a matter of have more or do more. There's an old song that we used to sing with a very old evangelist. His name was Billy Graham. And the famous song that they used to sing at the end of that um, every crusade was... Just as I am, I come. 
And that's how you come. So when you read, what you really need in your overloaded condition is time with God. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. How do you do that? This is a great verse to remember. Find. That means you're going to go looking. Last week, did you find this? Did you? Did you find it last week? Did you find it every day? Did you find a quiet, secluded place? Oops, lost that. Haven't been there for a while. Where is that? So you won't be tempted. See, there's nobody else there. You can just be you to role play before God. You know, pray one of those prayers. You've been in those prayer meetings or around the table where you're praying and you're thinking, it's coming around to you thinking, jeepers, what am I going to say? What are they going to think about what I'm going to say, right? You've been there. That's role playing. Don't ever, don't ever try and impress people with your prayers. Just talk to God. God, I don't even know what I'm saying here, but you do know I'm hurting. There's no, oh, holy this and oh, greatest magisterial, you know, whatever. Keep it simple. Now, when you do that, when you find that place, don't lose it. Some of you have lost it. And you've also lost your peace. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. Remember, God is interested in authenticity. Just be normal. Just talk to him like a normal person, but with great respect and your heavenly father. And the focus, notice how it says, then the focus will shift from you and your problems and your stresses to him, to God. And then, this is what happens in that place, you will begin to sense his grace. That's what we're after here. Because in the presence of the Lord, there are times of refreshing. Without it, you can fill your life with all sorts of stuff and you just ain't got the gas. You're going through the motions. Some of you haven't done this find in weeks or even months. Did you find that quiet place last week? And that's why you're overloaded. You need to spend some time in the presence of God to pray and read some of the Bible. If you're ever thinking, where do you start? Can I recommend to you this week starting Philippians? It's a book on joy. Joy in the middle of problems. Joy in the middle of pain and struggles. Jesus says, this, I mean, this is not heaven. But we need to learn to have joy in the middle of our struggles. Why don't we ever turn to Jesus more? One of the reasons is you and I both think that we can handle it by ourselves. And second, we forget what God is really like. We forget that God is a loving Father who cares and loves for us as a really unbelievably magnificent Father cares for a dear small child that he loves. And God tells us, this is how we should address him, cry out to me, talk to me, call out to me, cast your burdens on him. That's what he implores us to do. Bring them to me. Bring them to me. I want to help you with this. And then the Bible says that the spirit that God has given us does not, does not make you slaves. You don't have to be afraid of God like he's some sort of master but, and cause you to be afraid. Instead, the spirit makes you children of God. Remember that. And when my children come to me, I love it. I drop everything I'm doing. I drop it and I love to be with them. It's awesome. I'm delighted to see them. And the Bible says, and by the Spirit's power, we cry out, God, Father, my Father. So if you're feeling 
under the gun today, the first thing that you need to do is to call out to God, come to me when you're heavy laden, when you're burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus, step one. Number two, this is the toughest one probably for us, give up control. It's important because one of the reasons why you get so tired and overloaded is that you think you've got to control everybody. You know, it, it, it all depends upon me. I've got to be in control. Well, actually, can I suggest you, wrong. God is the one that is in control. And let me be clear, as clear as I can, as, and as you are not the general manager of the universe. You can resign today. And it will continue to carry on. It won't fall apart. Now, the greater you'll need to control things, the more your life will be prone to overload and stress. Then he says this, take my yoke upon you. You say, wait a minute. That doesn't sound too relaxing to me. It sounds like I've got something else sitting on my shoulders. And I'm already carrying way too much as it is. I need to take something off. Well, remember, those of you who spend some time on farms like I have, a yoke is something, a piece of wood, single piece of wood, that attaches two animals together. So it lightens the load so that the two animals can work as a team. Effectively, the load is halved. And it can share, and the load is lightened, and the purpose of a yoke is to make it easier on the animal as they plough, not to make it harder. Now let me be really clear about this. Let this be misinterpreted. Jesus is not offering a life of luxurious ease. That ain't anywhere in the scriptures. The yoke is still an oxen's tool for working hard with the master together. But it's a shared yoke with the weight falling on the bigger shoulders than yours. Someone with more pulling power up front is helping. And suddenly when you do that, you can participate in life's responsibilities with a great partner, capital P, and now that negativity can turn into a smile. Now a yoke is a symbol of partnership. We're in this together. Walking down this together. There are two of you working on it, not just one. Because Jesus says, I will walk with you through your problems. We'll get the hard work done, and it is hard work, together. And I will help you shoulder the load. So he says, work with me. And I'll carry part of your load. In fact, it says here, he says, my yoke is easy. Contra to that, the world's yoke is is harsh. It's a harsh taskmaster. And it leads you in directions. It says, it beckons, come this way and you'll be happy. Do this, have this, own this. Then you'll be happy. Jesus, no, no, you stay with me and we'll get this done together. The world's yoke is heavy, but my burden is light. Why? Because we're sharing it. Psalm 55, verse 22. Again, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. And he will carry your load. He will help you out. He's our source. Jesus the source. Jesus says, join with me, connect with me. I'll help you. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. If your yoke today is not easy and your burden is not light, 
is probably because you're hauling that load by yourself. And then a little flash happens on your dashboard and it's stress and you start to get excessively prickly or depressed because you can't see a way out. You can be a Christian, but you can take that yoke off. And every time I get detached from Christ, my stress level goes up because I start doing my own thing at my own pace and going in my own direction. But every time I get reattached to Christ, my stress level goes down. Yoke is a symbol of partnership, and God says, I'll help you out. Secondly, yoke is a symbol of control. Farmers yoke up animals together like this, so they will go in the same direction at the same time and the same pace. You ever tried to do a three-legged race? Until you get into the sink, you're almost killing each other, right? Until all of a sudden you get into the groove. And you have to go in the same direction, and you have to go at the same pace, lest it be a very big mess on the ground, right? So farmers yoke up those animals to go at the same pace and the same direction. When you're under the yoke of Christ, you're controlled by God. And the load is lighter. But you have to give up going in your own direction. So when I'm yoked with Christ, we move together the same direction, the same pace. We don't go any faster than Jesus. He sets the pace, not me. And he sets the direction. And we all need direction for our life. But more than that, we also need a pace setter as well. Because some go like a bull at a gate. And they never make the end line. They never finish. That's what the Bible says. In Galatians 5.25, you may not have seen this before, but look carefully at this with fresh eyes. Since we live in the Spirit, let us keep in step. Like that three-legged race. Keep in step with the Spirit. Follow God step by step. How do you do that? Here's another verse. Our lives get in step with God by letting Him set the pace. We're going to talk about that next week, how exactly we do that. Notice that there's an exchange going on here. He says, I will exchange... All his heavy worries and burdens and cares for his lighter load. That sounds a deal of the blooming century. God says the answer is to come to me, give up control, and every time I give up control, God gives me peace. And the other thing I've noticed, when I get that sense of peace, my heart starts to fill with a sense of gratitude. Stress goes down when I'm grateful. I was just reading a research article this week from Psychology Today. It said the most important factor associated with happiness seems to be gratitude. Well, I've just figured out what the Bible already said. Did you hear that? The most important factor associated with happiness, this is a secular magazine, happens to be gratitude. So you need to keep an eye on that. The attitude of gratitude actually reduces our stress. And that's why the Bible encourages us to say this. Thank you, Lord, for being so good. For always being so loving and kind. That's why we sing and worship and praise. Because it gets our eyes off the moment and up to him. And wow, we start to catch a glimpse of how awesome he is for us. That way we can avoid what I was reading this week too by Tom Hansel. He wrote a book, When I, feel, when I Relax, I Feel Guilty. And I just want to take a quote out of it. When I relax, I feel guilty. Now some of you here need to listen up to this. Because you're like itchy pants. You can't sit still for two seconds. You always think about stuff to do. You're looking at one, okay? Okay. 
In this book, he says, I feel, I, when I relax, I feel guilty. He says this. So many people have succumbed to busyness, unhappiness, tiredness, and boredom. So many people suffer from a nagging sense of guilt that no matter how much they do, it's never quite enough. Words like wonder and joy and rest and freedom have become faded replicas of what Jesus Christ taught. Time instead has become a tyrant instead of a friend. Joy becomes something we'll do later when I've done everything else. Notice what the problem is there. There's always something else to do, right? Play is something for children, and creativity is unattainable quality that artists and poets, instead of the essence that only they have, rather than it's the essence of our lives. So, overloaded, stressed, running around, empty. Number one, come to Jesus. Number two, give up control. And then the third and final key he gives us, and this is very important, learn to trust. Learn to trust. This is Jesus says this. Learn from me. Not from the world, not from the movies. Don't emulate them. Learn from me. For I am, here a couple of words, gentle and I'm humble in heart and you will find, here it is, rest for your souls. Gentle and humble. How in the world is that going to help me when it comes to needing soul rest? Do I need gentleness? And humility? Surely not. I need courage and stamina, right? Let me get it. Why does Jesus focus on gentleness and humility? Because two of the greatest causes of overload in your life and my life are the exact opposite, which is aggressive impatience. In other words, I'm so impatient. Come on, we'll get this going. And arrogance, I always know what I'm doing. And I don't check with the boss first. Somebody who knows way more than me, arrogance says, ah, I don't need this idea. I'll just do what I want to do because I think it's the best. You may say, well, actually, Pastor Ian, those words aren't normal words I attribute to myself. Maybe not, but they do show up in your life. First, what's aggressive impatience? It's when we just do things. I mean, don't just sit there, do something, right? That's the attitude. You've got to get out there and make it happen. We're jumping with both feet. That's aggressive impatience, not waiting, not thinking it through, not praying and asking God, not pausing, just doing it. The sense of, let's just get on with it. And then you become overcommitted. Your plate's so full, things start falling off the side. Now, I'm sure that none of you have ever done that, right? Yeah, right. Perhaps you've gotten yourself into more things than you should, and now are starting to feel the stress. Now, one thing I can tell you for dead sure, in my life, this is a fact. It is always easier to get into something than it is to get out. Anybody want to agree with that one? Oh, boy. It's always easier to commit to say you do something than to fulfill it. Easy. Words are cheap. But then all of a sudden you get caught by your own words. Not waiting, but moving ahead. Filling up your life with lots of things that maybe it shouldn't be filled up with. My question to you today is, as I've said before, you have a to-do list for tomorrow and this week. Equally, in fact, if not more importantly, what is on your not-to-do list? What are you going to take off? Now that sounds like being counterintuitive here, right? So what I'm asking you to do is to seriously look at your life and say, what needs to come out of my life before you keep adding more on? And take two, three, four, five, six, seven things out 
And don't do anything else for a while. Get some margin back into your life so you can find that quiet place. Now, the other thing is arrogance. What's arrogance? Arrogance is the whole idea that I control everything myself. You know, I know what's best for me. Actually, I know better than God. That is evil. That is really, that even pains me to say that, but that's arrogance. But the way we live our lives sometimes, the way we buy houses and get into businesses and get into long-term commitments, marriages, without checking with God first, that's arrogance. Now, the truth is when you try to do it all and have it all and be it all and experience it all, it's an outworking of aggressive impatience and arrogance. It's kind of like the acting like Superman or Superwoman. Now, the antidote to that is gentleness and humility. And these are the two things we don't need in our life, are the two things that cause us stress to go down that we think we don't need. So you need to remind yourself every day that God is God and you are not. And the reason why Jesus wasn't stressed out all the time, and let me tell you, he accomplished so much in his life in such a short lifetime, is he only did what God the Father told him to do. In fact, I am just reading personally myself this week. I'm reading through, last week, excuse me, the book of John. And I noticed something that I haven't even noticed before. In the book of John, 12 times, you can read it for yourself. He says, I just say what the Father tells me to say. I just do what the Father tells me to do. I just go where the Father tells me to go. And as a result, he got it all done. If you can't get it all done, there's something in your life that God's not told you to do that you're trying to do. Now, do you think that if you did what Jesus did, it would change the level of stress in your life if you began to live that way? Rather than my bright idea? Remember who made the brain. Remember who had a plan for you before you were even born. It pays to check with a boss. So how do I learn to trust? I have to have more faith in God and less faith in myself. God may increase, I may decrease. So that my stress goes down. Now, one of the faith, though, one of the ways faith grows is faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. My question to you again is: Have you found that quiet place? Have you spent that time in God's word? Or when you jump in that car in the morning, is the first thing that happens is you hit the radio, or you get out of bed. The first thing you do is you check your messages, you check your Facebook, you check in everybody else, but you have not found your quiet place. The word of God, that's how faith comes. You need to hear from the word, read the word, think about the word on a daily basis so your faith will grow. You know, you and I, I've just done one wedding. Was it yesterday? No, the day before. I've got another one coming up. You and I get all sorts of invitations. Invitations to a new job. Invitations to a wedding. Invitations to a party. You'll get many invitations. But you will never get another invitation like this. Come to me, all you who are tired and you are carrying heavy loads. And I, I, notice the source, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. For the yoke I give you is easy. And the load I will put in is light. So here's my question, what's weighing you down? Is it your health? Is it your job, uncertainty about the future, anxiety? Is it finances, aging parents, indecision about the future? Friends, all those can be answered in him. But there are some of you here today, the greatest thing that weighs you down is your separation from God. 
trying to live without God. Do you know I've got good news for you? Here's the gospel. Jesus even took that load to the cross. It says here, Jesus personally carried the load of our sins in his own body, that when he died on the cross, so that we can be finished with sin and live a good life from now on. Let's bow our heads and pray. Friends, Jesus, as we've seen today in his words, says, come to me. Right now, what is weighing you down? What's frustrating you? Sometimes you'll find that even your best friends haven't got time or don't even want to listen to your burdens. But friend, Jesus will never ignore you. So I'm just going to pray right now. And some of you may just want to just follow along in your mind and say, Dear God, I'm so tired of being tired all the time. I'm tired of trying to control everything. And I'm tired of life without rest and peace. Would you forgive me for the times that I've looked for peace and rest in everything else but you? Today I come back to you. I want to find that quiet place. I want to stop trying to control the things I never could control in the first place. Would you forgive me? Forgiving me for allowing my insecurities and my ego for taking on more things than I could possibly manage. And some of them of questionable utility in the years to come. Forgive me for overloading my schedule and so jam-packing my life with less important things that I have no time for what matters most and that is knowing you and knowing the peace that only you can bring in my heart. I want to learn from you, Jesus. Help me commune with you in your word on a daily basis so that rather than being aggressive and hustling and bustling, I can be humble and ask you to guide me and direct me and I can have the peace that you offer. Today, if you've never invited Christ into your life, say, Jesus Christ, would you come into my life, forgive me for all of my sin, wandering my own way and change me. In your powerful name, we pray. And just with your head still bad, would you just let me know today if some of you made a decision. And I would invite you to take out your communication card and on the back of it, check the box that says, I'm committing my life to you. And just drop it in the offering bucket and take it out. Or you can take it to the information table and I'll send you some information. That will help you. God bless you. Amen.